All right, so welcome to another episode of the Financial Intelligence Mindset Podcast, and we try to bring you different guests with different backgrounds uh, all the time to share knowledge on their finance and business journey. And today I have a, a young man actually with me, and um, originally from Ghana, or, or that's his background anyway, and he's from a sports background, and he also then moved into uh, entrepreneurial uh, different kind of businesses. Uh, he tried different businesses, and right now he's the founder of Cliché premium non-alcoholic drinks. So quite interesting young man. And uh, welcome to the show, Simon. Uh, please introduce yourself and tell us about your backstory. Uh, hi, Ray. Nice to meet you. Nice to have the chat. Pleasure to be on. Um, yeah, so the backstory from where it all began, as you mentioned, um, started off as in my teens as a, in a sporting kind of background, playing semi-professional football. And I guess that's uh, one of the ingredients to get me to where I am now. Um, yeah, it kind of went well. I wasn't, I wasn't Messi or Ronaldo, but kind of still at a good level, learning the trade. Um, from there, went into entrepreneurship um, in the music industry. So I had my own music studio. Um, wow. Yeah, so totally different. But as you'll see from the story, it kind of all these different flavors come together to kind of give you the experience. Um, from there, I went into um, events which kind of comes to where we are at the moment. So kind of putting on our own events, dry hire events, club events, day party events in London. Wow. Um, which, yeah. So a, a lot of going on, a lot of different jumping and changing and trying to find what was best suited for, I guess, my skill set and what I was good at. So events, while I was doing events, I was kind of learning a bit more of the creative side and marketing and branding. So currently I do branding consultancy for people, for, other business owners and stuff, um, which leads to now where I have my own drinks company, as you mentioned, called Cliché, yeah. which is a non-alcoholic premium brand, um, predominantly doing mixes for alcohols, cocktail, mocktails, which can also be drank on its own. And also the reasons for the, the, the brand is with the different flavors from the different businesses and the sports background kind of incorporated into one. Wow, wow, wow. Man, I'm so proud of you, you know. Um, I was talking to you. Um, you remind me of my, my son, actually. He's, uh, he's actually 22. And, um, and, you know, he went to university. He's, he did his, uh, his, his just graduated this year in um, law and politics. But he then he said, now nah, that I don't want to do a corporate job. We have to spend 70 hours a week um, working in any company so he's kind of done some bit of marketing um he's actually been he's actually doing music production now and stuff i'm just trying to link you link you up with him you know what i mean because uh, <laughs> uh you know, you know like, yeah like you could be a mentor for him you know because he's you know like you you're, you're a few years ahead than him but it's always good to link you up with him you know um so really really great to have you on you know and sharing like your journey right because oftentimes um when, when you go to when you're a youngster i guess is either sports or Normally, uh, it's a corporate life. Uh, so first question I kind of have for you is that, like, at what point did you think, uh, okay, let me try the business world? Is that something that you learned from school? Or is this something that you sort of saw in your family member? I mean, what made, what was the kind of the, the driver that made you think, let me go into different businesses? Um, I think for most people, it's kind of a, trial and error kind of thing you kind of find your way and you kind of know what you don't like to find out what you do like okay so for me um i i, I used to love football when i was single digit age so it was yeah. automatically i was going to play football 
um, when I got to when I finished college in college, I did business and I did media. Um, yep. So obviously the business side kind of touching on what goes on in that world. And the media was more um, catering to my creative side. Um, where that kind of goes into marketing and branding, which you kind of need to kind of show consumers things from a different kind of angle and get them intrigued in things. Um, I knew that I didn't want to go to university, but I wasn't sure still what I wanted to do. Yeah. So I kind of took a little a little gap and found interest, I guess, in music. We're kind of probably around the same, same age that your son did. And kind of, I guess, when, you're, when you haven't been gone to university or been in courses with business people you kind of are naive to what it takes in a good way to what it takes to start a business so you kind of just go in and you kind of just learn as you're going along yes you kind of figure it out and you get a different kind of experience of course of course yeah so I kind of yeah so I kind of knew what I didn't want to do kind of from a young thinking age. about corporate stuff. Yeah, from a young age and kind of just getting experience from trying things out and not being afraid to say, okay, I'll try that out. I made a mistake here, but learning from the mistake and just all obstacles, finding a way to get over them and kind of just keep on doing what you want to do, basically. I got it, I got it. So did you have any pressure from like your parents or anyone? Because normally I'm just saying like, and I know it's especially in African family as well, um, or Indian families and Caribbean families as well, people think, okay, go to school, get a good education, get a job and oftentimes like if i'm only trying to be entrepreneurial um it goes like what's this about when you gonna start making some money so like did you have any pressure from anyone say to um to continue on with your education um, i think I, i'm the youngest of three so i'm i'm the baby of the family so all right and, and both my siblings they they have scholars they went to uni um in good careers and stuff but i think with my personality and my mom she kind of knew i was a bit different and i'm one of those people where if you push me to do something that i'm not gonna do i don't want to do it's gonna go the opposite way i understand <laughs> so yeah so she kind of she was more on the stance of if you're not gonna do that then find something you do and actually do it so i got it i, I got guess it she can, yeah so I guess seeing the passion that I would have for things that I wanted to do without her understanding them, it was still something that it was supported. So I was kind of fortunate because like you said, not no African families are like that. It's, it's, it's I either one or yeah. two. Yeah, yeah, so you, you kind of had support from your mom. So going into, so obviously, so so you, you were in sports and again, sports is something that a lot of young men, I mean, actually have to my two sons, you know, um, they were like, they like football and there's like, yeah, um, I want to be a footballer. And I had to mentor them that, look, the way it works in England is that once you get to like, uh, I don't know, 18 years or so, if you, if you don't get selected for one of those big companies, um, even if you get selected and you want one of those big companies, when you get to like 18, so they, they can actually drop you off. You know what I mean? They, they can drop you if you know that 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 1% or that 5% level where they want yeah. to be. You know what I mean? So at what level did you, at what time did you decide, you know, football is not for me? Was it your choice or was it just you not like, I don't know, being selected or not hitting the mark? I guess um, for me, because I, I, I kind of got to a semi-pro level just before 18 yeah. um, so just after school um and for me it was more of a thing where i was more talented than hard working at the time and ah. as you know like similar to business it's it's not always talent it's the hard work someone could be 10 times less talented than you but if they're putting in the work they're gonna that's get true. Further that's true yeah of course so i guess when i got to like the ages of 18 similar to your sons i was kind of plodding along but kind of kind of losing kind of interest in it because so accountability i wasn't really putting in the work to be moving i understand 
can, yes. But and things are not working, so you kind of lose the kind of passion for it, um, and you kind of get to the age where okay, cool. I, I've 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 lived in London, like you said. The, the pool, of, the amount of people that make it in that one percent, the market is so small. Unless you're unless you're already there by eighteen, it's very very unlikely that you're gonna get to the pinnacle of, of the sport. So correct. You kind of yeah. So you kind of look to see okay, where can I now enter and be able to climb to the top of the ladder in business? There's no age you can start a business at 15 25 of course of course of course any age i mean any age yeah literally so i guess businesses was a way for me to still find something i was passionate about and still be able to reach reach the top on my own accord and on my own back i got it i got it so let's talk about business now so you're going into business now you know yes you did some business at 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 college level now you're in business now you got to manage a business uh let's talk about how did you finance the business i mean how did you because obviously you haven't been making us some money so how did you raise money or finance to say run the business i'm working working part-time you have i remember the first business the, the music studio I had i had it with a friend so we both was interested in that so we just saved up um kind of our own kind of um, networks we had clientele already so as soon as it was, it was running we had people that we knew um that could that we were able to fund it um not to not to say that our profit was going to be like 400x or something straight away but we was breaking even and we enjoyed it so at the time it wasn't a case of we've got goals revenue to hit but kind of just learning how, what it takes to run a business and yes. run a job yeah I got that got it and for those people who are listening there are actually three ways to actually start a business right one is called bootstrapping where you actually use your own money to start a business or you can use debt capital where, where you borrow a loan or you can use equity capital where you get people to come in so I guess you had a bit of uh, bootstrapping but then you kind of uh, had a joint venture almost initially in, in your first business right exactly, so, exactly. so you, you actually joined the force with someone so now you're in the business the business has started business is going first even first business that actually are broken even what are some of the early lessons that you learned from business if anyone is listening to this and they're just thinking about starting a business in the early 20s or maybe maybe they're much later on what are some of the lessons that you have learned from running a business that if you had to start over you would do things differently the first thing i'll say is have a plan have a detailed plan of where you want the business to go and what steps you're going to do to get the business to get there um have a plan and prepare those are the two most important things i think to start because you'll go into industry or you'll start a business often stop people will start a business because they might have a passion for it yeah um and they've not actually looked at what the ins and out of keeping the business running because once the fun and games is over there's things to pay for there's there's people to speak to there's for our for our um, for our example there's equipment that needs to be checked and things um so there's so many things that you're not thinking about or where you want to go and then you're just kind of in the whirlwind of things and you're just kind of playing the fence and kind of counter-attacking when things are coming at you instead of leading with a goal in mind and walking in where you want it to go. I like it. You know, I, I like what you said because I actually teach, a uh, coach and mentor people how to do businesses. I, I think I actually said in my story, um, I started the business at 10. I know it's really early. I started selling, making confectionery and selling at school, literally. Like, you know, I'm fudge, sugar cake and stuff. All through my secondary school, I sold stuff in school as well to me that that's actually business, right? Um, and, and now I coach people. Um, I, have, I have actually have a blueprint. The first module is called the Real Reason Roadmap, and it got like seven M's. And the first M is obviously mindset. You gotta have the right mindset, but then you gotta have a mission and a vision for what you want to do. So, which is why you said have a plan, right? And then then you're gonna have the right uh, model, uh, the right uh, marketing strategy, and you also have to have a map. I, I call it a map, a massive action plan. Because when you go into business, you effectively, you know, you have your mission. That's what you're doing right now. Yeah, you have your vision. That's where you want to get to. But you must actually map 
rapid power. So you know, right, even ahead, before you hit the, the bumps, before you hit the huddles, what you go, um, um, what you actually going to do. So that's really, really great of you. So, wow. So, so you, so your first business, um, did it work out? Like, like, did it sink? I mean, how did you go from first to second business? What, what actually happened? Um, I can, it kind of to tune because like you said, we didn't have our roadmap. We kind of went into it because we liked what we was doing. Um, and another point to, 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 to tell on the point that you made about the map, your, your why for starting the business is important because Correct. if, if you don't have your why and your, I guess your vision set out in concrete and stone at the beginning, when things have start to happen, you start to drift off from why you're starting and what's going to propel you in the direction you want to go. So I guess once we, we didn't have our why as strong at the beginning. So once things started getting difficult, we kind of lost passion for it. We didn't have what we needed to stay on course and to continue on the roadmap, which we didn't have. <laughs> we, yes. we was basically freestyling. Yeah. 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 Well, it's amazing you actually said that because in the same module it says it's one of five modules called the real reason roadmap. So when you're doing a business, yeah, you have to have a real reason for doing it because it's going to get tough. And um, it's like I've read the book. I haven't even read it. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, 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 it's not a book actually. It's actually my blueprint. It's called a profitable business oh, okay, blueprint. Okay. And I, I do coaching programs. I help people one on one as well. Um, just to be, be, be more successful, you know, um, in running the business. And effectively, you know, you have to have, I always say the bigger your, the bigger your, the bigger your drive, the bigger your why, the bigger your drive. So if yeah. you have a, if you have a really big vision and there's a big gap between where you are and where you want to go, you have to drive hard to get there. It's just common sense, right? Um, you know, if you go on a long journey, um, and you are, you know, and you're still at base, you have to press on the X, you have to move, you have to make progress as you're not going to hit your goal. So that's really, really good. So, so, so you took your lessons from the first business. Now you're into your second business, right? Yeah. Um, now how did you decide, how did you take the lessons learned and apply it to the second business? Um, a bit more preparation, a bit more understanding that it's not just you set up the business, you're open for business and things just go swimmingly. You, you kind of are more alluded to the obstacles that are going to come naturally with every business and kind of getting a bit more thicker skin. Okay this is going to come and I'm ready to solve the problem instead of this is a problem, what we're going to do kind of thing. Um, so your, kind of, your, your business acumen kind of grows and you kind of are a bit more skilled in working out whatever comes to you and whatever business and every business that happens. So um, in regards to the second business, it kind of was more that, again, it comes back to the why. It was a bit more monetary, uh, monetary kind of, business for me at the time and i'm more of a person which i understand now obviously the money is great when you when you own a business the the potential for whatever x amount you want to get is in your hands but i need and i kind of found out later that i kind of need creative businesses and things where i can kind of put my passion into otherwise yeah otherwise it's not gonna sustain i'm not going to be able to sustain it i'm not going to get the drive that you have every morning or every day so i want to go and push even further when the hurdles come so the second business you kind of lose love for it you kind of your, your head starts to sway and for me i kind of when you get that gut feeling you kind of know like do i really want to be doing this for yeah yeah of of like, yeah. yeah yeah so it wasn't really a passion then yeah yeah it, it, it wasn't really a passion right right so now you're in your third business now right so I mean, so 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 from a financial point of view, I guess. So you run one business, like you run a second business. Now you're going to the third business. So what are some of the kind of, um, if you want to call it, financial lessons that you've learned from these first two businesses, from a financial perspective? Budget. Budget. Um, for me, for me, I would on the creative side, you always want to do things 
um, extraordinary. You always want to make leave an impression on people, and to do do that, you're not. It's not going to be cheap. So you kind of you have your set amount, and then you kind of I want to do this because I know it's going to have this kind of impact on the consumer. And you have you wasn't thinking about <laughs> what's the budget going to be, <laughs> what's going to be left after you do this. Are you think is this going to be something that's marketing, or are you trying to get a return or ROI on this? Often with marketing, there's no metrics for some things you do. It's not going to exactly bring you back money straight away but in the long run if you're creating a brand for example um it's going to benefit you down the road um so for the third business which was events which kind of leads on to the business i am now um kind of getting a bit more understanding of that um certain budgets would be for marketing which is going to benefit the brand and certain things you wanted a roi and whatever amount of time that is going to be yeah Um, and kind of learning the difference between a brand and a business of course they have overlapping um elements but Creating a brand and creating a business, I feel, two very different things. I agree. I agree. Obviously, a business is just a way of making money, right? So a business is like you have something. You Basically, a business to me is like you, you find a customer need, you, you understand the need, and you meet their need, and you get money. But sometimes you can actually build a business and don't have a brand. You know what I mean? A brand is who is behind the business, you know, or what is the personality behind the business, you know, so 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 you were right, and I hear what you said about budgeting. Because actually, I went to a Facebook Live today. I think, and I was I was actually thinking about this. What I call the ABC of say, um, well, financial intelligence, or the ABC of running a business. And I think A is obviously accounting. Just understand some basic accounting. B is obviously budgeting, and C is cash flow management. It's kind of the same, but it's not the same, right? Cash flow management versus budgeting. So, so you said budgeting is so fundamental, even for a business owner. I agree because you want to know: can we afford it? Can we do it? Um, is it planned? Going back to you, what you say, my plan, and a budget is effectively a financial plan. So, man, you've you've hit some gems there. So now you your so so the first, second, third business, um, which which of the three was most profitable, if if any of them? Um, the, the events business, which was the third business, so the previous business, um, which kind of is still happening with the business I have now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, kind of, I think as well, business is a lot of, so you can you can learn, you can listen to a lot of things, um, you can read a lot of things, you can do a lot of courses, but it, the the it, the value you get from experiences is priceless. So all the knockbacks you get in your business life, um, if you use them correctly and take them forward, what you'll learn is yeah, you couldn't put a price on it. So learning from the mistakes of the previous businesses, um, you, you get more confident as well. The more confident you are, you're able to do more. You're able to maneuver and see opportunities and know that you're able to take these opportunities and make make the most of those opportunities, um, which we kind of went into the third business, which was events um, and kind of being more relaxed. And, and I guess if you're trying to be creative in uh, creating a brand, the more relaxed you are, the more, the more in your element you feel you're able to use that creative mind. Um, so that's what kind of led to the business I have now of creating a mix of business, a premium mix of business. As in the events were great. Um, we re- really wanted to try like do unique kind of stuff with each event. So leaving it, leaving an impact on, on consumers again and realizing when we was putting on our events, we was able to get the good alcohol, the good dec- decor, but there wasn't a really a massive amount of mixes that were yeah. available. So we would always just, the whole area would announce and yeah, someone go to the, the corner shop and just get <laughs> any juice or something. It kind of didn't fit the, wow. the, the feeling that we wanted to, that I wanted to present to people. Um, so I guess there from 
it goes back to the point of looking into the market, preparing and seeing, okay, cool, there is actually a bit of an, a gap in this market and there's a niche and something that I'm able to put my creative side into it, know the business side of it and to be able to actually create something that's lasting and a brand that I would be passionate about and go back and be able to um, implement my sports background. So it's a, it's a drink that's also healthy. So everything, all of the life experience over the years, kind of putting myself into it and creating something that will be able to connect with so many people as well as all their stories will probably have overlining similarities. Wow, wow. Man, you dropped some really good gems there, man. And I'm sure because the first thing, that you, the big gem that you drop, which is not more like a fact, you know, you would learn more about running a business from being in business as opposed to being in a business course, you know. And oftentimes, you know, the, the fact that, that, that you've run three businesses and learning your fourth business, that's equivalent to actually doing an MBA because, you know, because the marketing and stuff is firsthand. You know, um, the, the financial stuff is firsthand. Managing the operations is firsthand. You know what I mean? Like dealing with people and leadership is firsthand. So you, 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 although like you're at age 30 now and you've done three successful business or on your fourth business, that is the equivalent to going to university, I'm telling you, and doing a master's degree in business. And even people who do a master's degree in business, if they haven't done any practical business, they will still fall short because they, they, they just haven't done it all they have is theory and theory don't always work in a practical world you know what i mean so very very well done to you man i accommodate you uh or um you know for um for like what you've said you know what i mean um i applaud you I, sh I should say for what you have really done that's really great and so now you're in your fourth business which is um the drinks business and you said you found that a gap in the market, right? Because when you when you were doing your um your events business, you find that there weren't good mixers. So now you said, wow, wow, we have all this all club and not good mixers. So now you come up with a brand called Cliche, um, which is completely non-alcoholic drinks. Wow. And in, in terms of the demand for those drinks outside of a, an event, I mean, let's talk to us about the Cliche business and, and, and how is that going? Uh, maybe give us some KPIs, I don't know, or some numbers, if you can, just put it in perspective. Like, like how has it grown over time? Yeah, so um, Cliché, so the basis of Cliché is just to provide more, it's more than a drinks business. So for us, the brand is more about adding another element to enjoyable experiences. So okay. whether that's at home, with on your own, with your family, with a partner, you go out somewhere, there's always drinks in these kind of occasions where people are enjoying, whether it's a wedding, for example. Of course, yeah. So, yeah, so basically just adding another element to those kind of experiences that feel on par to those experiences, like it's not out of place. Um, so that's why, yeah, like I said, I created the brand. And the brand, the brand, is, the, the, the brand has grown, like I said before. The metrics of building a brand and a business is not the same thing. Yeah. So we know that the brand has grown even during the pandemic, where a lot of our um, customers, as it's B2B also, have been closed, but there's things that we've able to do online and people just being more aware of the branding, um, being able to interact in online and e-commerce um, has been like exponential, more than I, more than I could have imagined. Um, in our first year, we won most innovative drinks award, um, wow. like prestige awards. So wow. it kind of, yeah, so it kind of ties in with what, the idea and the vision of the brand was um, good press um, from some high established names. So it's it's on course to our why 
as we mentioned before. So we know that it's going in this in the right direction. Um, and yeah, the drink, but the actual product. So that's the brand, the actual product. Um, as you said, where would people might want to experience a drink? It, it's a mixer. So people, people, trends, people are really into um as as lockdowns kind of easing here, people are really back at to going out and enjoying themselves. So bars, restaurants, people making the most of their home space and kind of making their own thing. So it's a thing where we are able to try and accommodate and help that people get that feeling that they're trying to create in whatever spaces they're at. Um leading back to my my sports background where you're trying to be as healthy as possible. Obviously yeah. there's a lot of, there's a lot of times where you're you eat or you drink things. Um Com- impulsively <laughs> Whatever I, I understand. yeah um so it's like if you have a great brand a great mixer brand people are not thinking oh this might not be in in coercive with my lifestyle it might but i'm just gonna have it but so people are more comfortable okay cool it's a nice premium brand i like the brand but it's also healthy it's keeping in with my lifestyle of course of course so kind of catering to to those kind of people and um, that audience um and and the reception the, rece- the reception is kind of exactly what we wanted people to know that, oh, yeah, it's, it's kind of like, a, oh, yeah, you're right. It, like you just kind of mentioned when I told you about the brand, there isn't that many mixes dominating or as well known. Of um, course not. So no, of, of course not. Yeah. Not, not, not. There ain't much non-alcoholic drinks that, yeah, I mean, there's juices and stuff. but There'll but, always be drinks, but you won't get a dominant name like you might get in other alcohols or no. soft drinks and stuff. Yeah. Correct, correct. So, what, so what's in the product? I mean, I mean, uh, what, what makes, I mean, you're big on branding. So um, what, let's talk about the brand personality of Cliché. What makes it different? Or when someone thinks of Cliché as a brand, what are some things that you want them to say? Or what are some things that they're actually saying about the brand? Um, yeah. So the so the brand, when people think cliche, our, our strap line is tailor-made. So tailoring is something that feels personal to everyone. Yeah. Um, and the basis of the drink is that it accommodates to everyone's kind of t- palate. So whatever your alcohol is, it can accommodate to that. So even if you don't drink... Um, and you might feel like you want to drink that's a bit more premium when you go out, it's, it's able to cater to you or at home or whatever. So the ingredients in Cliché is an original blend of fruits and stevia. So it's, it's really important for us that the ingredients, that the flavour is original because the whole basis of Cliché is original. Yeah. Um, so we, we developed the flavour um, in a flavour house in the UK. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, did a few tests and events, um, got to where we got it now, and it kind of, when you get when it's a very tangible product so if someone tastes a drink and they like it you can see straight away they like it if they don't yeah, like yeah, yeah. it yeah i got it i so, got it so it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of a way that we're, we're able to see what the market says when people have tested it so um yeah that the flavor is an original flavor um i guess that kind of makes us stand out from the other drinks that have traditional flavors but just done in their own kind of way and our sweetener is stevia which is an alternative to sugar so yes, people yes. that don't know what stevia is you you know um i'll just say for people that don't know, it's it's a no calorie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know because I live a kind of a, a, if you want to call it a, a plant based diet. So most of what I use is like it's 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 plant based. You know what I mean? Um, um, yeah, I, I use alternative to um um sugar. Obviously, obviously, sugar came from um from a plant, but you get sugar from all different things, from fruits and all that kind of stuff. So I, I quite like that about about the sweetener. And you say it's tailor made. So do you have just one? one one flavor or, or you have different flavors um 
or what what makes it tailor-made so yeah it's it's one original flavor but it works with dark and light spirits and uh, different drink as a mixer as a yeah. mixer I yeah, understand. as a mixer yeah so I, I guess if you're mixing with dark spirits you often drink have one kind of mixer that wouldn't work with light spirits or something like yeah that. i understand i understand but, yeah so yeah so it's me yeah. as a mixer i got it i got it i got it so um is the in terms of the value chain or the production um for that product is it all uk based like um um, or do you get some some of the stuff from um or, uh say you import some stuff? I mean, is, is it drinks and everything made in the UK? Um yeah, all all made in the UK. We have our packaging um shipped in from Asia. Yeah. Um, but all made in the UK. The flavor the ingredients shipped in, mixed in the flavor house, bottled in the UK, um, labels in the UK, the testing was done in the UK. So yeah. I understand, all, I understand. Home, just, yeah. Yeah, so so just the packaging that comes in from Asia. But the actual yeah. drinks itself is is from the UK. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. And what's your vision for the brand? Um, as I mentioned, I feel like the brand it will create in a brand, will grow in a brand, not a business. So the vision for the brand is that the ideology of what cliche stands for. When people think of cliche, it's not to just think of a mixer or a drink, it's to think of cliches adding something to an occasion to a feeling of my, your own personal likes and your personal taste on things. It's there to help you and add value to whatever you're trying to do. So I feel it's a, it's a global kind of vision. It's, it's it's one that I guess people can connect with in all in all walks of life. Um, it, whether that's being you have indulgent moments that you want to enjoy, or if you just want to try to be healthier or just have something nice. Yeah, so I think that's okay. something that everyone can connect with. I got, I got it. So where can people, if someone is listening to this and think, wow, that song's so good, man. This cliche song's so good. I know it's bigger than a drink, but currently it's a drink at the moment. Um, and they have an event and they want to order it. I mean, where can they order it? I mean, where can they get some more information on it? Uh, have you got a website? Have you got yeah, Instagram? Our website, yeah, our, our, website, our website is uk. That's C-L-I-J-E. Um, our Instagram is cliche underscore C-L-I-J-E again. Same with our Facebook. We sell on Amazon as well. Wow. So if you just write cliche on Amazon, it will come up. Um, yeah, you can either send us an email, info at cliche.co.uk. And if it's got a more bespoke kind of order, um, we'll be definitely be able to help. So cool, there's cool, a few cool. places, yeah. So it's, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Wow, wow. So so do you feel like um, that's the business that, that, that you are most passionate about? Or you feel like like you might go into another business? Uh, definitely, like 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 you mentioned, it's it's a combination of the past businesses, yeah, and and a way that I'm able to have my marketing and creative side and be able to put pull put my passion into a business. Um, so definitely, like I said, the vision's global. So it's not a business that's going to be here just a few years and make my exit. It's we're here for the long run, and of I understand. course, I think like you, I'm I'm. I'm someone that likes to do other things on the side. So I've, I've, like I said, I do um, branding for other people. I'm into the media and things that I've, I've done in college. So always going to tap into other things. Um, even I do part-time modeling. So it's you're always going to do a little other things where you can even get experience from other industries that are completely different. Yeah. And I guess what you what you find there, you can kind of pull it back into your main um, your main focus. So. Cliche cool. will be here for a while. <laughs> All right, cool, cool. All right. So this podcast is called Financial Intelligence Mindset. Right? And, and, and the reason why I call it that is that for people like you or business owners is to manage your business with finance in mind. I mean, 
how how much of a um, of a financial um, knowledge would you say is required to run a business like yours? And and important. yeah yeah and how involved were you in the numbers in the financial side of the business? Um, yeah, it's very important. You um, without knowing the finances, the business is not going to run. It's it's just not going to run. You have to you have to be on top of everything. Um, if that's not you you should get someone who's more versed at knowing the numbers to look over things because before you know it in business once what you think is a small mistake can end up a big mistake just by not understanding certain numbers and that could set you back or even end your business so it's good to be able to even plan and forecast to see how you want to grow the business what you're able to do in that period of time as well um me personally yeah as i founded the business and i kind of started it off from scratch bootstrapping it um and then getting some investment is I had to learn on the job. Um, I didn't have an accountant back and I'm okay with numbers. I'm definitely not, I'm not doing algebra. But yeah, I, yeah, I understand. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I know numbers and I could work out things. And it's, it's, it's the same thing that like if you, like, I think you, I mentioned, I've mentioned it before um, somewhere else. If you don't know things today, it's so easy to learn something. I could not know, for example, how to do my taxes, but I can go on YouTube or Google and find out how to do things on a basic level, which you might you, you wouldn't want to do that in the long run, but at that moment in time, if you're starting out or something, you could get things done yourself. So there's a lot of things that you could just, if you want to put the time in and work in, you could just figure it out. It's, it's, I agree. The thing is, I'm quite young, but I'm sure definitely a few decades ago to be able to just learn this kind of information, it wasn't there. So. Correct. I agree. I agree. I agree, man. I mean, the internet is like, you know, literally... Um, in, internet as we know it, you know, what I mean, it's probably like, um, like less than know, like 30 years old, you know, what I mean, like, uh, in terms of as we know the internet now, so yeah, or around 30 years old. So, you're right, um, you know, 30 years ago, you couldn't get information readily, um, so you're right. So, what are some of the key sort of you want to call it, um, KPIs or the key numbers that if you have to look at your business that you would want to know about? What, what's one of the key numbers that, that, that you might want to know about? Um, you want you want to know you want to know your margins. I'm, I'm I think before I go into the numbers, I think depending on what you're trying to do, I think percentages and margins are more important than numbers. Yes. Because for example, you might you might make a million turnover, but if you've if the costs are nine hundred and fifty thousand, you've only made 50 grand but if your profit margin is 40 percent or something and you're looking at percentages you might have made half a million but that 40 percent is bigger so it's good to understand percentages and margins and what your target is as well because you might it might not be even important for you to make that much margin in the first couple of years because your projection on the following years are more important so i guess knowing percentages um if we're talking going back to actual numbers as you mentioned no Know what your profits are and your expenses are. Know your costs. If you're doing a product, know your costs for doing a service. Know your overheads. Um, know what's, I guess, if you have things coming out, when they're coming out and what it's going to affect. And what we mentioned before, know your budgets. Um, so you can plan. If you know all of this, you can plan better and be able to move forward better. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm really proud of you, you know what I mean? Because as... Um, and it's just, I mean, you look like you're a testimony to this. Like when I, when I, when I do podcasts, I never asked people questions beforehand. I never give them questions beforehand. I myself don't have a script. It, just, this is a conversation and you come on here and, and, and it's funny because currently I'm actually um, 
I can, I, I'm currently a consultant for a big company, a multi-million company here in the Caribbean. And, um, and I've literally taken the numbers and put it into percentages. And, and I told them to think of the numbers in percentages, you know, think of your gross profit margin, you know, think of, you know, your, you know, like, you know, your percentage cost of goods sold or cost of services, you know, think of your net profit, you know, just think of your expenses ratio, because it doesn't matter what the number is. If you want to get a 5% profit, that's, that's, that's what you want. And obviously as you grow the top line, the, the, the revenue line, um, then the profit is bigger if it's 5%. But if you grow in the top line and the, and the, and it's, and the profit is small, it's no good, right? I mean, it's no good in increasing revenue and having a bigger expense ratio, you know, because obviously the expense ratio is the expenses are the proportion of sales. So as you grow in the top line, you, you want to kind of keep the expenses, you know, the ratio the same. So these are some, some really key stuff. I really like what you said, man. That's some really big gems, you know, manage your, manage your financials on percentages rather than absolute numbers. So which brings me on to the question I always ask people, uh, and I know that you, you probably heard it anyway on one of the podcasts that, that you listen to. What does financial intelligence mean to you? Um, no, financial intelligence. I would say financial intelligence is knowing what numbers mean and knowing what to do with the numbers. So if you have, let's say, for example, you had £100 or $100 or whatever, knowing what to do with that £100, you're not going to overspend with that £100. Knowing that you could spend maybe £50 because you know on a bigger scale that £50 that you're spending is going to bring a ROI of x amount which 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 doesn't damage the damage which doesn't damage the business sorry but able to grow so maybe that 100 pound with your financial intelligence is gonna multiply um so i think kind of knowing having knowledge and having the wisdom to do what needs to be done and avoiding the mistakes if you don't have the intelligence i love it man i love it i love it man serious is that the financial intelligence obviously understanding numbers and making decisions that's obviously that's that's going to result in a favorable outcome you know as opposed to not knowing the numbers so that's so that's that's really 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 big so um so simon so so we, we, we kind of come into the um to the end i mean you dropped some really really good gems on here um I mean, so in terms of like you, um, I mean, what are some of the things that you would say as a business person in terms of um, the way you manage your time? Because time is a great resource, right? Some people say time is more valuable than money. So if you want to just give some general tips, as I said, for someone going into business, managing their time, managing their resources. I mean, how do you go about your your, your ordinary day in terms of as, as a business owner? Um, I think having a schedule and having a schedule that works well with your, your lifestyle. So you, everyone does see people talking about they might do 60 hour, 70 hour weeks, or some people don't work on the weekends, or some people wake up at five o'clock in the morning. Um, because they do it, it doesn't automatically mean that you should do it or it's going to benefit you. So if you are if you have a schedule and you know what you kind of need for your personal life, within that schedule, figure out what you can do in your business life. So if you're, if it means for you, for example, you wait, you wake up at nine o'clock, but for the next three hours, you're all in on work and you take a break for two hours and then you're back all in work. If it's if it's six hours of hard intense work that is that is focused, it, it might it, it might even be better than someone that's doing a whole day of work where they're in and out. So know what kind of your your capacity for work is. Um, kind of schedule things like break up your days, break up your weeks, break up your months. What am I going to dedicate to marketing? What am I going to dedicate to sales? What am I going to dedicate to growing the brand or the business? What am I going to dedicate to self development? 
um, and kind of just spread it out and kind of see what you what you want to dedicate to each section as all of them is important but without the planning again which you mentioned I don't know how many times we've said it and yeah. the schedule you're kind of just in the wind you're just kind of going with yeah. whatever comes sailing with no direction you, you're still there with no direction I mean basically yeah. like what you're saying right um, I, I, I talk a lot about the map but you also need a compass you yeah. know what I mean so the compass is like this is the direction we are going and as a sailor or someone on a journey you have to know when, when are we going to take a break you know where will we stop where would we this you know and so you're right i mean scheduling um i listen to a lot of motivational speakers right um but i used to um so and 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 people like tony robbins etc they would say if you want to get it done schedule it you know if if it's not scheduled it's not going to get done. So like, for example, like this podcast, I schedule it, you know what I mean? Um, um, you know, or, or we had a meeting this morning with a, with a big client, I schedule it, you know? After I finish here, I'm going to go and see another client, I schedule it. You have to schedule everything so you know, okay, right, this is, a, a, as you said, you, you plan your day around your lifestyle. So myself, I actually created a lifestyle business, you know, um, whereby I have X amount of free time. No, obviously I'm in the Caribbean now, so I can plan even when I go to the beach. I know I know it sounds crazy, but you're planning your lifestyle around your business. So that way, you know, you kind of have everything scheduled and that way it works really, really well. So Simon, look, um, you dropped some really good gems here and, and you also help people with branding and marketing and all that kind of stuff. If someone wants to get in touch with you, because they go, this guy, I, I just want to talk to him. Where can they find you? I mean, I mean, how how, how is it best to contact you? Um, yeah, you can contact me on on LinkedIn, Simon Yemo, um, Simon normal spelling, S-I-M-O-N-Y-E-M-O-H. Um, email Simon at cliche.co.uk, Simon Yemo on Facebook. It might say Sai Yemo on Facebook, just a, a shorter name. Um, yeah. On Instagram, Sai Yemo. Um, so yeah, all those spaces. All those yeah, spaces. Sai Yemo, yeah, Sai Yemo or Simon Yemo. That's the man to speak. Simon, look, um, you know, like we obviously booked a, an hour for this and uh, we kind of come to the hour of this year of our meeting. We started, we had a little chat before that but i want to say a massive thank you for coming on and a massive thank you for dropping some really really great gems i'm sure that the audience uh, people listening to this will learn a lot from it i want to wish you the best as well uh, in your journey so it's really been a pleasure to have you on here and really a pleasure to speak with you so thanks a lot no it's been a pleasure thanks for it appreciate it cheers